OKB's podcast episode 20. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Idealia. Joining me this week, as always, as always sometimes, Ian Prichelle. What's up, Ian? Nothing much, man. How are you? Man, it's been it's been forever. I feel like I don't know. I feel like I missed you. You're welcome. What? You can say thank you or something. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I miss you. You're welcome. You didn't even give me like a fraction of a second to I respond. Gave you long, I gave you long enough to process and respond. And respond. I and was I got like, nothing. I literally was like, oh, mentally I said to myself, oh, wow, that was so nice, man. Cool. And let me say my response. And then as the, the air was leaving my <laughs> mouth to my microphone, counting in the delay with Google, you were like, you're welcome. I was like, oh, okay. No welcome. I, I, then. I, I, All right. I give you a second. It's like, it was, if you, if you have a girlfriend, right? If you told her, I love you. Would you like, would, how long would you have to wait for her to say, I love you too? How long? Yeah. Well, like, I mean, by default, minutes. no matter what, you always say yes. You always say yes immediately back because the <laughs> trouble, the trouble that you would get in if you do, if, okay. So say for example, you out of 10, if love is out of 10, right? 10 is at like, I'm so in love with you. I'm nuts. Five is like, I like you. And then like zero is I don't have any feelings towards you. If you're like a six out of 10 and she says, I love you, you have to say, I love you because then you can't go, you can't go back from not saying it, you know? That's true. That is true. I feel like, I feel like we're getting away from this, what, what this podcast is about. And so I'm going to bring it back real quick. The okay beast podcast is a gaming and nerd culture centric show where a couple of friends come together and talk about what's going on in our world we are the official podcast of okbeast.com if you like the show remember to subscribe to us on your streaming service of choice visit okbeast.com and follow at okbeast now on twitter um ian welcome back it's been it's been it's been a roller coaster without you i don't even know i don't even know how many weeks it's been i feel like it's been only like two weeks or something but it feels like it's been five months and so (laughs) Yeah, Welcome it back. has been a while. Uh, between vacations, been. between vacations and tons of other things, I've just been, I've been running around, man. It's been at least two weeks because the week, uh, last week I had Robert, um, Eberstar. The week before that I had Alexandru, uh, and the week before that I think it was like a regular week. And so I, uh, it's it's been at least two weeks, which is long enough for people, for new people to join and be like, "Who's this guy?" I thought this was the the Blessing Podcast. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not. It's the OK Beast podcast, and the OK Beast is made up of lovely individuals. Um, and yeah, I'm not going to go into it. Uh, remember to rate us on iTunes and check out our YouTube. Also, for the last two weeks, we've been doing like a giveaway, and so we've been trying to give away this code for Oceanhorn on Steam and another code for Gears One on the 360. And we have a winner. What you had to do to get this code was rate us on iTunes, and out of all the ratings, we'd pick a random person and they'd get the code uh and we have a winner because somebody finally rated us on itunes and so paul warren is the, is the winner uh he gets the codes um i'll message him after this um podcast because actually i have his information and i'm able to do that uh and yeah thank you for playing y'all we'll do more giveaways in the future um uh, once i get uh more codes i just had those codes kind of laying around and so it's like a, a decent thing um a decent happened happenstance something that happened by circumstance i don't know what the phrase is but it's a thing that happened uh and so yeah uh in the future we'll have more giveaways uh let's get into what we've been doing this week ian what have you been up to this week this week uh, i've been to a couple of anime cafes uh, i've been playing a lot of pokemon and that's pretty much it pretty much just work anime and pokemon 
have we talked about Pokemon since it came out? No, we haven't. I think we might have talked how, about it in passing. How are you enjoying Pokemon? How am I Pokemon enjoying Sun and it? Moon, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've, so the new Pokemon games. Yeah. Uh how am I enjoying it? I'm I'm really enjoying it to be honest with you. When in in the coming weeks coming up to Pokemon Sun and Moon, I was kind of super critical of the designs of the Pokemon and I was I was afraid that I wasn't going to like it, but now that the game is out, I've like put a hundred hours into that game, no lie. Oh my and God. yeah. Well, I mean, some of that some of that was like uh like farming. Some of that was like shiny hunting. So it's not all just in the story. Um but I think it has something for everybody. It has older Pokemon with a new look. It has really good looking like sp- not sprites i guess uh, 3d work i guess is the right way to say it um like models or whatever yeah models i guess is the right way to say it and now the game has like okay so in previous games you would have a like chibi or like cartoon version of yourself walking around you know mm-hmm. what i mean like it wouldn't be a representation of your character until you got into yeah. the battle mode and then you would see your character throw the pokeball etc or you would just see your pokemon but now they have like a f- fully large world. Like a, a characters are actually walking around their full size as opposed to chibi size. And they look like actual people, which is cool. Uh, so yeah, great graphics, great gameplay, cool Pokemon. And now the Pokedex. So a- anyone who's playing Pokemon knows that there's like a billion Pokemon now. And that can be super daunting going into it, especially if the tagline of Pokemon has got to catch them all. Uh, at least from kids growing up in the 90s but now they have so there's four islands in the game and each island has its own pokedex as well as the whole game's pokedex so it kind of breaks down your pokedex into four parts so you're more motivated to go out and catch all those pokemon because you're like wait i'm almost done with the the melee melee pokedex i'm almost done with the this island pokedex or this island pokedex so Mm -hmm. yeah do do you feel so you're like a pokemon person you played pretty much you played all the pokemons right mm-hmm. every mainline pokemon game does this feel like does this feel does this game feel like it's a game uh where you you kind of had to play the pokemons before it or does it feel like a good like jumping in point or like for somebody like me who hasn't played pokemon since the third generation mm-hmm. uh ruby sapphire those ones mm-hmm. do you think there's a better jumping in point if i wanted to like get myself back into pokemon like should i start with this one or should i go to like should i start Hmm. with pearl or x and y or black and white or one of the other ones Hmm. so one of the biggest criticisms for pokemon x and y is that the pokedex was too large and since there were pokemon from the older games in there uh people tend to focus on the pokemon they already knew and not the newer pokemon this mm-hmm. this game, Pokemon Sun and Moon, has, I think, the perfect blend of, like, older Pokemon you run into and then newer Pokemon. So, for example, uh, Alex Van Aken, a friend of the show, is also playing the game uh, as well. And his team is a very healthy mix of old Pokemon and new Pokemon. Like, I think he has two of the new Pokemon and then four of the older Pokemon from, like, generations one through four or three. And mm. my Pokemon team is all new Pokemon. So there's enough there for people who have played older games to have that feeling of nostalgia, but there's also new stuff for people who want something new and fresh. Uh, But is there a better jumping off point? Mm, I don't think so because I think a lot of games gamers now value visuals. 
value audio, value that full experience. And I think if you go back to, for example, like what game do you think, like you played Diamond and Pearl, right? So the games that came out Mm -hmm. in between were uh, X and Y, um, Omega Ruby, Black Black Two. Oh, wait, I don't I don't think I played Diamond and Pearl. I think I played Ruby Sapphire Emerald Emerald. That was like the last ones. Okay, so then after that was Diamond Pearl, and then after mm-hmm. that was Black and White Black and White Two, X and Y, and now Pokemon Sun and Moon. So of all those games mm-hmm. that you should go back to, I think the Pokemon Black and White is really good. But the beauty about all these Pokemon games is that they're going to remake them. So I think that if you want to jump back into the Pokemon series, jump back into this one because I think it's by far the one of the best ones. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and also it's just I I don't, I don't know. There's just something about it like the story oh also sorry, the story is really good in this game as well. There's actually a story in this game. Hmm. As opposed to you being the champion. Ironically enough the, yeah, hey- like you being the champion is kind of like a B plot line. And there's no gyms, right? No, there's trials and kahunas. Yeah, this game is very it's very Hawaiian. Yeah, from what I've heard. Mm-hmm. And so, what are the what are the kahunas like? What what's different for, uh, about them from gym leaders? No, they're just gym they're gym leaders. Okay, they're just okay. you just but they so, call them so there's kahunas. no what they got rid of was essentially is they got rid of like the locations of gyms, but there are still gym leaders essentially. Mm-hmm. Like there's trial captains and then there's kahunas. So trial captains, trials are essentially you go to a place, you solve like a mini puzzle, and then you fight a totem Pokemon. And a totem Pokemon is a Pokemon that can summon other smaller Pokemon to help it in battle. Hmm. Yeah. And then after you defeat the trial, the totem Pokemon, you defeat the trial captain, which is the gym leader, and then you move on. And then the kahuna is when you're finished with the island. The Kahuna is like the leader of the island, which is mm-hmm. essentially another gym leader. Interesting. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, but it's it's huh. different. It's a different thing. Like it's not like you go in, you fight, you fight these five trainers, and then you're done, and then you beat the gym leader, and then you're finished, and then you get a badge. It's you have to solve. Sometimes you have to solve certain puzzles. Sometimes you have to solve these different things. Sometimes sometimes you need to fight Pokemon in a certain order. Sometimes you need to fight. And like make your way through, kind of similar to a gym, but yeah, it's definitely different than past games. Yeah, so it's, ba- it's basically like there's more to it than just like walking into a building and doing like whatever's in that building and facing the the guy at the end. It's more like it's more of a island kind of thing of like there there, there there's more involved than just that like immediate like thing. Yeah, is it, is it like that or okay? Yeah, there's definitely more about it. Like for example. Uh, the first island challenge you have is you need to, I think from if I recall, you need to fight your way and fight these certain Pokemon in these little holes, these little like rabbit holes, and you need to find three of these Pokemon by looking into these different rabbit holes. Mm-hmm. And then once you find the last one and defeat the last one, then you can defeat the the totem Pokemon. Hmm. Yeah. But if anyone who's been looking for Pokemon who has been kind of curious about Pokemon since Pokemon Go came out and they want to get back into it, I think this game is perfect for them. I want to get back into it, and I plan to once Pokemon Moonshine or whatever it's called stars. Uh, comes out. Pokemon Stars. I keep calling it Pokemon Moonshine. and I, I think it's just because I want it to be called Pokemon Moonshine because I feel like that would be perfect. Uh, Moonshine is, Pokemon stars, isn't that like fake alcohol or whatever or like really strong alcohol you make in your basement? Um, 
I'm I'm pretty sure it's like the kind of alcohol that like homeless people drink. Mm, but like, okay. yeah, it, as soon as it comes out for the Switch, which I, I'm like, there's like a seventy percent chance I think of it coming out on the Switch. Like, I really want it to come out on the Switch. Isn't it coming uh, out? Isn't the Switch coming out in like twenty, like a year from now? The Switch is coming out in like March. This March? So like, yeah, in like three months. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like, I I think I know I know, I know at least like earlier this year they're like oh yeah it's coming out in march and i and i think they've been committing to that like i don't know if they said in the trailer but i, I know they've been committing to march i don't know why um, but so when that's jimmy why Fa- like, when i was on when it was on when i was on when it was on jimmy fallon he was like oh it's coming out next march but in my head next march it doesn't mean it means like a long time but then i realized next march is this march technically yeah, that's in three months and so yeah like i expect it to be on there i don't know if it'll be a launch title or anything i don't i don't think so but it'll eventually come on there, and once it once it's on there, I'm gonna get it because, well, because I don't want to spend all the money on a, a 3ds um, and getting, uh, just for Pokemon when I can wait a, couple, a little bit and get it on the new system, mm. um, if it comes out hopefully. Yeah. But yeah, I'm hyped for that. Uh, as far as what I've been up to this week, uh, did you see the Spider-Man trailer? I did. I saw that. How, how? First of all, are you are you a big Spider-Man fan? I know I've had this exact conversation with you. Because there's a video on YouTube of us, of us having this conversation, but are you a Spider-Man fan? Uh, and how do how do you feel about this tra- this new trailer? Yes, I'm a nerdy kid from the Northeast. Of course I am. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> uh, but what did I think of the trailer? I thought it was really good. Mm. Nice. Yeah, mm. me too. Diverse cast too. Like the cast is interesting because Donald Glover's in it, but like I have no idea what he's doing in it. He's just like standing there in the background. Same. Yeah, I saw that photo. <clears throat> and it said like Donald Glover, we finally in there. I'm like, we we in there doing what? I didn't. He didn't do anything in the trailer. Yeah, like he's not Spider Man. Like he's uh, Tom Holland is still like swinging around. Uh, I want to call him Childish Gambino. Donald Glover is just like chilling in the background. He he's is lighting, wearing he like, is wearing a black and red shirt though. Yeah, I I don't think there's any rumors of him being Miles Morales, but I don't, maybe they're trying to do like an older dude. But maybe I don't think people people would like that if like they had like an older. Can Miles you imagine? Morales. Can you imagine if it's like at the very like we don't learn his last name, and then like the very end they're like, "Hey Miles, what's up?" That would be <laughs> a like, kick in oh, the hey. dick. They're like, "Oh hey Peter," and then like the whole and like everything's just like flipped around and turns out Tom Holland is actually Miles Morales. Ah, they should have. Like oh my like, god, they should have done. <laughs> Not that I dislike Tom Holland. I love Tom Holland actually, and he's like. Mm-hmm. I, if it was anyone else but Tom Holland, people would be furious about this movie. But the fact that it's like, a, like I remembered specifically when they said Spider-Man was going to be in the new Avengers movie. And I t- saw a ton of people like, don't do it. It's going to ruin the movie. And then they saw Tom Holland and he's like, hey, guys, everyone's like, uh, OK, yeah. uh, or, yeah. OK, all right, you can do it. And it was like, all right, okay. yeah, that's that works. Yeah, that's it's that's like cool. when like a nice it's like when a pretty girl talks to you and, and she's like, hey, can you pass me like a, a fork? And you're like. Uh, uh, oh okay all right cool thanks all right see you later bye like you don't know what to do you're like so enveloped in awkwardness like people were so surprised about tom holland and how good he was but i feel like if it was anybody else it it wouldn't it wouldn't stick and people be screaming for miles people were like ready to kind of like hate it because it's like the third time spider-man's been rebooted in like the in like 10 years i can't remember when when spider-man 3 came out but i think i'm pretty sure spider-man 3 came out in like what oh six oh seven yeah, I was still like, in high school, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was like 07, if mm-hmm. not it was 06. And that's like, that's 10 years ago. And we've had three different Spider-Mans on film, in like theaters, live action, 
in like in ten years, which mm. is kind of crazy. Um, he's relatable. Like he is, and and Spider Man is my favorite superhero, and I'm actually like glad that we've gotten so many different Spider Mans because I just love Spider Man so much that I'll keep taking Spider Mans. I just can't. I just I just got to stop with the Uncle Ben dying every single time because I can't I can't watch one man keep dying over and over again. Uh, it sounds like torture. How but many like, minutes do you think of screen time of Uncle Ben dying? Do you think there is? Do you think we can stitch together like a thirty-minute like episode of just Ben dying? Oh no! I think at most it'll be like three minute, like a three-minute like flashback. Of no, 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 no! But what I'm saying is, I'm saying total screen time uh, between these three movies. How much time uh, do you think there is of I'm just pretty Uncle sure Ben dying? Like a, <laughs> pretty sure they can make like a whole new movie called Uncle Ben. Spider Man, Uncle, Uncle Ben dying. <laughs> It'll just be a whole bunch of different Uncle Ben's just dying. Uh, but like the, the 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 crazy thing is, it's like the same soul in each of the same soul is just traveling through different dimensions, and the same thing, same person is just dying over and over again. It's like just a very dark, depressing thing. Can and you, then like on the side, you just see a guy dressed as a spider just swinging around the city. Okay, can you imagine like this? Make- okay, hear me out. Imagine if every time this the movie Spider Man movie universe happens, it's like a timeline shift, like like timeline reset. And every time Uncle Ben comes back to life, he remembers the past timeline. He's like, oh, my, I'm alive. I'm alive. And then he sees Peter and he's like, no, fuck, not this kid again. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And then he just relives his life. And then he's just waiting for uh, Peter to get powers like every time. It's like Dude, Groundhog I want, Day. Like, exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, it's basically Groundhog Day. I want, I want like an Uncle Ben. I want a, a new Spider-Man movie where like Uncle Ben's just sitting there. But he's, he's just like staring at the camera. And it's like Uncle Ben knows it's gonna happen, but like he can't communicate it because like there's some there's something in his brain that's just like I if I say anything it breaks everything. Like it wouldn't make sense if I know I'm gonna die, but he knows he's gonna die, and so he's just staring staring at the camera, just trying to communicate it and trying trying to like let the audience like trying to trying to reach out to somebody to mm-hmm. save him, even though yeah. like there's nothing people can do. And like in each permeation of Spider Man, it just gets weirder and weirder. Uncle Ben just stares into the camera and just like please somebody just please let this stop. I want, uh, ben yeah, no, I'm, I, I want Ben Pool. I want I want Uncle Ben to be like <laughs> super hyper aware of the fourth wall, and every time he dies, he's like, "God, f- God damn it, dude!" I uh, all that being said, I can't wait for the new Spider-Man movie. I feel yes. like oh, if you look in the comments of the trailer, there's like a lot of people like kind of like I don't know, not feeling it. And I saw a lot of people on Twitter what? being like, "Eh, it's, it's whatever." Why? And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I had the same reaction. Like, dude. At the end of that trailer, I got like goosebumps when I saw like Spider Man and Iron Man like swinging together. Yeah, that I was, was like, really dude, sick. Like I, yeah, like I got goosebumps. I was like, dude, this is gonna be amazing, and that's because I think everything Spider Man is amazing. Even though I thought th- I thought Amazing Spider Man Two wasn't that good, of course. Uh, well, maybe right. not, of course. I th- I'm sure a lot of people like that movie. Uh, I I thought Spider Man Three was like below par. Uh, I think everybody hates Spider Man Three, um, <laughs> but like for the most part, like the more Spider Man, the better, because I just enjoy that character. Uh, and I I think in this universe, especially this, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is a very adult universe. And I think putting in like this high school kid in there switches everything. Like it gives all, it gives a whole new kind of angle to it that that kind of freshens things up a bit. Um, and I, I, I do think people are maybe getting tired because of superhero fatigue or whatever. But I think as soon as they see the movie, they'll snap back to it because like I watched Doctor Strange a couple weeks ago. And I was like, "This movie's mm-hmm. incredible." Uh, and if really? I can do that, yeah, I thought I thought Doctor Strange was awesome. I think it's one of the one of the better Marvel well, no, movies. I, like top. The only reason why I ask you is because we don't have it in Japan yet. Oh yeah, yeah, it's I, it's really good. You should. Well, mm. I guess you can't watch it, but once it comes to Japan, you should watch it. I, I, it's I like shall. in my top like 
five Marvel movies probably um, in the MCU so far. I think I'd have to go back mm-hmm. and tally up, but I think it's I think it's in there. It's really good. Um, but also, I didn't like Ant Man or Guardians of the Galaxy that much, and so that, really? that probably yeah interesting i think those two movies are so i think those are overrated i'm i think i'm pretty harsh on on guardians of the galaxy and i want i want to watch it one more time just to make sure that i'm that i'm firm in my stance because every time i say it people are like are you serious about guardians of the galaxy and i'm like yeah i don't know i think to me it was just like it was just very average to me like i thought like this the stuff they did to differentiate it and like make it more lighthearted didn't really it didn't really stick to me and that's because like i feel like I, I feel like Mar- the Marvel Universe is already lighthearted and it's already it already has like the comedic tones. Like even in Doctor Strange, uh, they had like that same kind of sense of humor of like throwing in like these random quips and in these in these comedic moments in there. Uh, I thought the soundtrack in Guardians was cool, but like yeah, most for the most part, I was like, eh, it's 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 whatever. Um, but I thought I like I like Doctor Strange better than both of them. Uh, and I can't wait for Spider Man because I'm sure I'm pretty sure Spider Man will probably be one of my favorites and I might be hyping it up in my head and that mm-hmm. might end up to disappointment, but we'll see because that didn't happen for the last guardian, which is the other thing I've been playing this week, man. Ian, ask me, ask me how much do I like the last guardian blessing? How much do you like last guardian? Dude? I, I freaking, I freaking love this game, dude. It is, it's, it's everything I want. And I won't say in, in more, it's like, it's exactly what I expected. Um, it is eco. It's basically eco, but instead, uh, in my mind, actually playing it yesterday, I was like, "Man, this game is pretty much eco, except you're the girl in this situation, and like the in your big dog thing um, is like the boy that's like kind of defending you and guiding you through this through the situation." Uh, have you played eco, Ian? No. Uh, have you you played Shadow of Colossus though, right? Yes. Okay, so like <clears throat> this game is pretty much 75% eco and maybe like 25% shadow colossus. I think like the only part that's really shadow colossus is that you're climbing all over your like big bird cat dog thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, like it's eco in the sense that like, you're just like navigating through this like huge kind of area and trying to figure out, figure your way out. Um, and I'm surprised, like, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and a lot of stuff. I, I'm surprised nobody else has been really, like, saying, like, yo, this game is e- basically eco to um, electric boogaloo or <laughs> dragon boogaloo. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, like, the thing is, though, like, I like th- I like this game a lot better than eco. Um, and that is because, like, even though it's doing, like, a lot of the same things, the character of Trico, which is your huge bird dog, Mm-hmm. is like it's amazing uh i feel like trico behaves a lot like an actual pet which kind of helps it and a lot of people's complaints about the game is that like if he doesn't always do what you ask him to um like if like you have these commands you can give him and he doesn't like you might have to give it like two or three times and he doesn't listen mm-hmm. uh and it t- might take a while for to get him to do what you want um and i actually kind of i actually really like that aspect of the game um, even though I understand people disliking it because it is annoying, um, but I think it it's supposed to be that way, uh, and it it makes him more real to me, and it makes him it gives him a lot more personality. Like if he did exactly what I wanted to, what what I wanted him, him to the first time every time, then I'd feel that take away from his his personality. Like that make him more of a tool and more of like this like thing this 
this item you use to progress through the game rather than this companion that like you cut you guys are helping each other out uh through the game and like my thing is me as the playing as the boy like i don't always do everything right the first time um and so why like why should trico um especially like when you guys can't exactly like understand each other fully uh so i feel i feel like given that and given that relationship between the boy um and trico throughout the game it kind of him trico having the personality that he does helps the game have uh more personality and gives it more humanity in a way um Hmm. now i'm only like maybe four or five hours in and so i I have like probably like seven hours left in the game and so like i could get really annoyed by the end of the game um but we'll see the the camera in the game is really bad like everybody said this um and i feel like it's necessarily bad like i don't know i actually i'm actually not sure how they could have done the camera in a way that it would be better in this situation because the fact that trico is like such a huge uh creature that like the well one is it it sucks because you're gonna have to press up on the analog stick a whole bunch in order to like see what trico's doing since like the game has like a lot of vertical stuff going on and then also uh the fact that the camera often wants to do its own thing and so like you'll uh be away from trico and doing something but then you'll need trico to do something over wherever he's at um, and so, like, you press R1 to, like, call Trico. And then the camera will, like, zoom to where Trico's at. And I feel like the camera is necessarily is necessarily bad because it has to be. Because, like, it in order for it to do, like, the zoom in or, like, go find Trico or, like, the points... In order for the camera to point to the things that it wants to um, in the way that it does, it kind of has to suck. Um, I'm not saying that as, like, an excuse for the game, but I'm saying that as, like, I kind of get it and i don't know how else they would have done it mm-hmm. um and so like camera like camera is not fun uh the frame rate sucks too also uh but that's something that hopefully they patch and i tweeted this yesterday um and basically what i said was that i didn't think i would say this but i wish they delayed the last guardian because i feel like six months <clears throat> or so of polishing would have fixed like all these games problems like it would have fixed the problem problem with frame rate would have fixed they could have fixed the problem with the camera and they could have fixed the problem uh with the controls being kind of wonky um and another i guess that is another thing of like the controls uh they are kind of like they're rough and i feel like the the controls are kind of supposed to be rough and it's weird because all my equip all all of my faults with the game are things that i'm like well i kind of understand why the game has these faults because the the way the boy moves um, the boy moves in a very stylized and very unique in a very somewhat realistic way um, where like you'll press like you can tr- he'll trip over stairs and like take a minute to like grab onto the thing he's trying to grab onto and that's all to like give the game a lot more style and a lot more like realism I guess um, mm-hmm. and to give it give the game its own charm oh, wait, so time out. rewind real quick you said you want the yeah. game to be delayed another six months I, I wish the game was delayed another six months so they could pause as, a, up as opposed more. to being delayed for like 10 years or however long this game took I assume the I assume the I assume for like seven of those years the game just wasn't in development or like the game was on and off in development or something like I the, they got the game where it's at now probably within like the last like year and a half like they I'm sure they have like like the groundwork place and all this stuff and I'm sure like the, the they they didn't work on this game for a while 
um, or they restarted the game over and over again is my guess. Um, and they they took like probably the last two or three years or whatever to get the game where it's at now. And I feel like six months more to like fix the frame rate, polish up the controls a little bit more, fix the camera, and do and do like these small things. I feel like if they delayed it one more time, maybe a half year, or maybe if uh, well, I was gonna say maybe if they didn't announce the date and then just like yeah kept it until like this next summer or something, it w- it might have helped a lot. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's my that's, that's my reasoning. It would I know, I know it's a weird thing because yeah the game has been delayed for like ten years, but I I assume that is because something happened and they either had to restart it a bunch of times or they couldn't figure it out or they just haven't been working on it because it got canceled um, internally or something. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. that's my that's my sort of take on it. I really I really like mm-hmm. the game. Like it's it. We talked about this earlier in the year. Uh, and I think both our takes were that like it wasn't going to meet expectations surely that people have for it because it has been ten years and it is falling up on Shadow of Colossus. Uh, I think for me this game might it's not it's not Shadow of Colossus, um, but it is like unique and beautiful and awe inspiring in its own way, um, and it does that by like how good Trico is as like a companion and how like how real he feels. Uh, and how much like I'm that the relationship you build with him, I think, go, goes a long way in making this game feel incredible. Also, the scale of the whole thing too. Um, also, I have a let's play up on YouTube, so let me. I should, I guess I should plug that. Check out the OKB's OK YouTube <laughs> channel. Uh, for a let's play, or in, in OK Play as we're calling it. Um, okay. But yeah, that's le- that's the last Guardian. Uh, and I also played let it die which you also played right i did how long how, how long did you play let it die for i think like 30 minutes 20 or 30 minutes so i played i mean i have not played that long probably for like four hours or so and it's let it die is a free-to-play game uh they released it at psx and it is a game by Grasshopper Studios, um, which is ran by Suda51. And I'm a huge, huge... I don't want to say I'm a huge, huge fan. I'm a huge, huge fan of No More Heroes and No More Heroes 2, which were both developed by Suda51. Um, mm. And I think the style of that game... The style the style of those games are, like, top-notch. Um, I, I, I say in my Let's Play of Let It Die that, like, No More Heroes and No More Heroes 2 are, are two of the best games I've played. Um... And that is more so because, like, the premise, the style, um, all that stuff, the design, like, not, like, the gameplay isn't necessarily perfect, but, like, the the design and attitude and all that stuff is, is right up my alley. Uh, and Let It Die has a very similar kind of attitude. And basically what it is is a Dark Souls roguelike, mm-hmm. which is, or a Dark Souls-esque roguelike, which is a very weird uh, kind of description. But in a combat sense of the combat being slow and deliberate, it's like dark souls in that way. And it's a roguelike in the sense of like, if you die or if you lose all your tokens, I'm assuming I haven't lost them all yet, but I assume if you lose all your death tokens, which is like kind of like the free to play hook in this game is Mm -hmm. you have a limit, you have a limited amount um, of times you can die. I feel like, I think if you, if you die all the way, then you, you're just done. You have to start over. I'm not sure though. Um, but also like there's like a whole like 
difficulty and leveling up and repeat repetition aspect of it uh that makes it a, ro- a roguelike i'm really hooked on it and i really like it uh, and i keep coming back to it because there's something about the the, the gameplay at the loop the progression system is just like at the right point of like the further and further i get up this tower which you're progressing through in this game the mm-hmm. more and more i'm like I'm I'm just at the right place to where I can keep going, but also I could level up some, and then like I can I can bank experience points, level myself up, buy some gear, uh, get a couple weapons, and keep going. Um, it's it's really weird. Um, and it's, I mean it's really hooking in that way. It's really weird, and it's in the environment and the kind of other characters you meet on the way. Uh, yeah, like Uncle Death, Uncle Death with his skateboard. <laughs> like what? Like what's up with that? Like, and then there's a mm-hmm. big twist in the beginning after you die for the first time. Yeah, it's very interesting game for sure. I when I played yeah. Dark Souls three for the first time, it was my first Dark Souls that I actually got into, and it was a difficult journey. But I I understood why people liked the game after I started playing Dark Souls, and this game is just it's Dark Souls esque, but it's also really weird. So, like, if you took Dark Souls mm-hmm. and then, like, added weird anime tropes to it and, like, made it in Japan in the subway. Now, I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't get to the first boss, but you did. So, what, what was your experience after getting to a boss fight? Uh, The boss fight was easy. The thing about the boss fight is that, like, the boss didn't seem very well uh, programmed. He was, like, running into the wall, like, for, like, the first, like, third of the fight um and i was kind of just abusing that and then like he finally turned around because i i misstepped and i stepped in in a direction i didn't want to and then he 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 finally like saw me or whatever uh and then started fighting it was easy and that's the thing is like this game is a lot easier than dark souls um but i'm sure like as you progress more the difficulty ramps up and i think the reason why i'm kind of enjoying this game as much as i am is because of the consequence um the free-to-play thing in this game is kind of like it's a negative and a positive for me it's a negative in the sense that like i i feel like at a certain point like they're going to be like hey now you're gonna have to pay some money um i feel like at a certain point like the difficulty is gonna ramp up at a uh to the point where i'm like i have to like cash in on more death tokens or whatever they're called uh death Mm -hmm. metals is what they're called um Hmm. we had to cash in on more of them because they ramped the difficulty up so much but i can't tell uh, because I'm still some, I'm relatively early. I'm sure this game has like a lot um, more levels uh, you can go through since it is a roguelike, and I think roguelikes takes take forever mm-hmm. to uh, to beat. Um, so that's the negative for me. The positive aspect of it being a free play, free to play game though is one, I'm playing it. I guess I don't know if I would have spent sixty bucks on it if it came out um, for sixty bucks. And also, like there is consequence to death, which I feel like uh, kind of makes up for the fact that this game is easier than dark souls because like if this was dark souls or this was bloodborne or something i would not i I would definitely not be into it because like i've died i i tried playing bloodborne and i died over and over and over and over again uh and i mean that's the name of the game like i'm not faulting dark uh, dark souls or bloodborne for that but if that was the case in this game and i had a limited amount of times i could die then i'm just i'd just be like well i guess i'm not playing this game because like the game's locked me out because i have died this many times Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't get more death medals until tomorrow. But the fact that like it's just difficult, difficult enough that I am dying quite a bit. But also like I'm just good enough to where like I'm 
fighting through it. Um, and my level, my characters just leveled up enough to where I'm like, I can continue and I can probably get to the next elevator I need to get to. Um, and the the fact that I'm like, if I die five more times, then I'm just done. And 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 I, I there's something about that where I'm like, man, this is actually like real. I'm really hooked into this. Um, it's almost like and uh, Jeff Gertzman actually uh, compared it to being like when Ko- when Hideo Kojima talked about a game making a game on PS1 that would like if you lost in the game then the game would just like destroy your CD in the console and like yeah. Hideo Kojima has like has like crazy ideas like that it's almost like that in the sense of like if I if I lose this game then I'm just like I just can't I, I can't play anymore or if I, ha- I have to start a new character or whatever crazy thing um I'm pretty sure yeah I'm pretty sure you have to start a new character if you lose all your death medals but I'm not positive mm. um but yeah, like I, I really enjoy the game. And I really enjoy it because it is like it's super, super anime Japanese, which which I like. Um, which is that's why I liked No More Heroes. Uh, and it has that kind of weirdness. And so, uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying that too. Um, aside from that, uh, I've been listening to Awaken My Love by Childish Gambino, which isn't a game or a TV TV show or movie or anything. But I've been doing that, and I've been listening to "For Your Eyes Only" by J Cole, which came out like literally last night. And I've been listening to it nonstop, and that album is good. It's like it's I I I need to listen to it more. But so far, I'm like J Cole. J Cole keeps releasing like the same status quo stuff, and it's starting to get to me. Like his last album, I really like because the song's really good. But it was like it's kind of the same of everything he's been doing. And this album is kind of like the continuation of like of that. I'm kind of like, dude. I need you to like go crazy and have like your my beautiful dark twisted fantasy moment and just like create your magnum opus because I feel like you've been giving me the same like safe kind of music for a while now and I need so I need do to, you think like, <clears throat> do you think that J Cole is what would have happened if Kanye never went crazy? No, uh, I don't think so because like I feel like the difference between college dropout and late registration and graduation were still enough of a difference where I'm like I listen to those albums and. And they're still they're very different, um, and there's like progression there and stuff. And if they've kind of just kept going that route, I feel like it would have been fine. Maybe I'm wrong though. Maybe if Kanye kept making like that safe kind of rap music, then it it I don't know. Maybe maybe I would have started to like get tired of it and start to dislike it. I feel like J Cole is what happens when like people just like. I feel like it's what it's what happens when people just like you and you get comfortable with it. Because like people like there's there there are some J Cole haters out there, but for the most part, nobody really hates J Cole, right? Like people prob people probably hate like designer or like Lil Uzi or like people probably hate like um, Kanye West or and, and people like that. I don't know many people that are like J Cole is like the death of hip hop or J Cole is ruining music or J Cole is nobody hates J Cole. Everybody loves J Cole, and I feel like that's why he's like. Oh yeah, I can put out the same exact album and everybody's just gonna love it. Um, and he's right because I I really like this album. And I feel like I love the f- the first four songs. I'm like these songs are like bangers. These songs are sick. But then I then I keep listening to it. I'm like man, these songs are these are he's been making the same music since like 2000 whatever. Uh, and I still feel like his sa- his best project is Friday Night Lights, which came out in like 2011 maybe. It came out a while ago. Um, and yeah, like he's been he. He's been becoming more witty, but that wit isn't going to carry his music. It isn't going to, like, elevate his music to the next level. Like, he's making good music, but it's not, like, it's not It's not really special anymore because he's already put out 
uh, stuff that I would have considered special. Um, mm-hmm. and it's he's not enough. repeating that stuff. Yeah, he's repeating it. He's repeating the same kind of ingredients that made it so special in the first place to the point where it's not special anymore. It's kind of like when I first had uh, freaking fish and chips from this food truck called Nosh. Right, I go to this food truck every week, every every Tuesday um, at lunch. This is a food truck inside of my work. It's fish and chips. The food truck is the food truck is called Nosh, and I go there every week. But I've gone there maybe like. 20 weeks in a row and I'm, it's at the point where I'm like I'm done I can't do this anymore and that's how I feel with J. Cole J. Cole's music where I'm like dude I need you to change it up or add more spices or just switch chefs and see what happens you know like make have freaking DJ Khaled produce your stuff or something don't have DJ Khaled produce your stuff but like I don't know do something else and he also didn't have any features on this album which I'd be like oh that's really hmm. cool except for he didn't have features on his last album um and so, yeah, that's my that's my J. Cole rant. I would go oh, on a yeah. Childish isn't, Gambino rant. Isn't that like a thing but, where it's like I, he it wasn't like supposed to be like a big accomplishment where he did really well with no features? Yeah, he went double platinum with no features. <laughs> there you go. Um, which I guess is a feat. I don't know if anybody else has done that before. I'm sure somebody I'm sure somebody has, but I can't think of anybody. So, like, I'm sure I'm sure that's a feat within hip hop. I'm sure he might be the first person in hip hop to do that. Um, but yeah. Um, he's, he might be trying to do it again. He's pro- probably trying to go triple platinum with no features or something. How's uh, the new Gambino album, by the way? Oh man, I Isn't so bad? I mm, ooh. It's hard. It's hard to talk about because I don't like this album. I respect this album because he decided that he wants to go and do something completely ex- experimental and completely different, and I respect it because Kanye West did that with 808s and Heartbreak, and that resulted in one of my favorite Al- Kanye albums and one of my favorite albums of all time. Uh, Kendrick Lamar did that with To Pimp a Butterfly. And I respect that because that resulted in a very, like, political, very, like, woke rap album. Childish Gambino is doing that kind of similar thing of, like, I'm going to go left field and do something that won't expect of me. And just seeing this, like, funk alternative weirdness for 10 songs. And, like, to his credit, like, four of the songs I really like. Like, four of the songs are, like, really different from what he, what he usually does. But four of them are really, like, the last song is actually most, like, the most Childish Gambino song. Um, He's singing throughout it, but it sounds like something that may have been on his previous work. That's the only one, though. Like, the rest of the rest of the stuff sounds like it's a completely different person. Um, But, yeah, the four songs that I consider good, and I can even look at the track list so I can name those songs. Um, Those four songs, they're different, and they're, like weird and stuff but i'm like i i can i can listen to these um they don't do what what makes childish gambino um childish gambino in my opinion they don't do the things that make me love him uh in the four songs i like by the way because i have the checklist here me and your mama which is the first song Mm -hmm. uh stand tall which is the last song which is which is the most childish gambino song on the album um redbone which sounds like love making music uh and have some love i think or baby boy one of those songs maybe both those songs i like them uh the rest of the songs are just kind of bad i think um and like it's not it doesn't feel like challenge gambino right like the things the things that i feel like make challenge gambino challenge gambino is one the honesty in his music um i think that's why people love camp is because camp is probably the most honest rap album there's ever been uh Cause like you listen to that rap album, he's just like saying he's just talking 
about himself. Like he's not talking about guns. He's not talking about being rich. Uh, he's not talking talking about like, like he's not even talking about like, hey, let's all be better people. Like he, he's not being common or like or old school Kanye. He's, he's not he's not being like a conscious rapper either in, those, in that album. Um, he's just being himself and just saying, hey, I'm a black dude. Some people call me white, but I'm black. I like Asian girls. Um, I have relationship troubles, which I guess other rap- rappers rap about too. But he does it in like a way in like he's coming from a place that's I feel like a, I feel like is a lot more honest um, and a lot more relatable and a lot more transparent than most other rappers um, in that album. And um, and because the internet, uh, which is the name of his second album, I feel like that album is also loved. Uh, <clears throat> partly, I think that one is a it's a lot because of the um, the quality of the music on there. Like the the songs on there are just like really good songs. And he's doing like he's doing different stuff on that album too. But all the things he's doing are things that are able to be appreciated uh, easily. Like I can listen to 3005 because it's a, it's a dope song. I can listen to Telegraph Avenue because it's a dope song. It's different from his previous stuff, but these are this is still dope music that I can recognize and appreciate. This album is just like I don't understand what I don't even understand what this album is about, and maybe that's why I don't like it that much. Um, but I feel like even if I did understand what it's about, like he can't get away. There are a couple songs on this album, right, where I'm like he can't get away with them. Zombies, he can't he can't get away with. Like he can't get away with that song and tell me that's a good song. Um, and it, he's basically like putting on this like this weird voice and like and singing like somebody punched him in the stomach or something. I don't know. Um, that uh, California sound like these songs these songs sound corny they sound cheesy and like i actually equate childish gambino with cheesy like i feel like camp is a cheesy album but that's also why i love it this is just cheesy to or this is and when i say cheesy i mean like cringy right this is just cringy to the sense where i'm like ah i just can't do it like i had to press skip on it because it's so like it's not even what it's not what he's saying it's how he's saying it and how he's singing it that puts me off from it uh yeah, and that's really all I had to say on that. I didn't mean to like go on a tangent on Childish Gambino. I wanted to just highlight those for a little bit, but um, that's kind of where we're at. Have you heard either of those albums, by the way? No, I Nick haven't. Or, or they're they're on my list of of things to listen to for sure. But as of right now, no, I haven't listened to it. Listen to Childish Gambino at least once and tell me what you think, because I want to hear what you think, and I want to hear what different people think too. Because I'm very curious. Because I also I very much do respect it, because I respect whenever artists branch out and do something that's different and unlike them i think that's that's how you grow that's how you um that's how, that's how you create a new style right like take care and i'm here i go again take care hmm. um drake's second album is like it's diff it's different from uh thank me later and so far gone which were his previous works and take care is one of the best it's my it's my second favorite album after my beautiful dark twister fantasy um which also the same thing applies to that too Take care, Drake kind of uses a different style, different tone, different flow and stuff. And it works out so well. It works out perfectly because he switched things up. Uh, Same with My Beautiful Dark Dark Twisted Fantasy. Like Kanye switched things up and it resulted in his best work. And so, excuse me, um, Childish Gambino switching things up uh, isn't my problem at all. Um, Even how he switched things up isn't too much of my problem. uh, Isn't too much of my problem uh, with this album it's just that like it it just doesn't work like he he went too far off the deep end of like i'm gonna do something different um and yeah it just didn't work out the way i think either he wanted it to work out or maybe he wanted it to work out this way maybe he doesn't care i don't know 
Um, but yeah, that's my, that's sort of my take on it. Hmm. Um, should we get into the topic? Sure. Man, well, how much time we put in? Okay, we are like forty nine minutes or forty eight minutes or whatever into this podcast. Uh, but we got time. So our topic is simple. Uh, one topic this episode. It is two thousand sixteen in review. And so we're gonna look at look back at the games that we played this year and kind of just discuss discuss them briefly. Um, we don't have to go through every single one, I guess. Do you uh, want to say you your list you of want. games that you've done, and then I'll say my list of games we've done, and then we'll pick out, we'll cherry pick what games we want to talk about. Sure. Uh, and I have my list. My list is pretty much in order. It's probably not perfectly in order, but it's as in order as it can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Witness is the first game I played that came out this year. Um, and very briefly, because I don't think I've talked about the witness on this podcast. That that game to me is like a masterpiece. I think you you think is overrated though, right? Mm, okay, I haven't put in enough time to say with with certainty that it's overrated. Uh, but after playing it again, I played it by myself. I'm not a huge puzzle guy, obviously. Uh, I'm more of an RPG sort of person, but I, I definitely see the value of it. I just don't know if it's for me. And also with all these games coming out with such rapid succession in a bubble, I think the witness is amazing for what it's doing. But I think with all these other games coming out right now, mm-hmm. doing other things, more exciting things, more actively engaging things, I think that the witness, for me at least, goes on a second tier. If that makes any sense. Uh, I, yeah, that's fair. I think for me, when I played the witness, it was January, and like nothing else had come out. And I had just spent, like, and I didn't have a job at that point. I was, like, searching for a job. And so I just spent, like, a week or two just in the witness. And I I felt like I was going crazy. Um, They're, like, I'm pretty sure I still have the notebooks of, like, drawings and stuff I made um, while playing the witness. Because, like, it's it's almost like the Dark Souls of puzzle games. It's very grueling. And hmm. I just, basically, if you're not familiar with the witness, basically, uh you just appear on this island and the island just has a bunch of puzzles uh, and everything kind of connects. And so like there are like crazy thing, like there are crazy moments that happen in the witness um, mm-hmm. that aren't like cutscenes. They're not like scripted. They're just things that you kind of discover. And as you discover them, you're just like, Oh man, this is crazy. Uh, I don't want to spoil them because that's kind of part of the game. And a large part of the game is like you kind of overcoming mental barriers. And I, that might be me attributing things to the game. That's, that's that maybe maybe shouldn't be attributed to it um because maybe maybe i can say that about every puzzle game but the witness is just like the way that it explains uh to you uh the rules of the different puzzles uh without like telling you stuff and the way that it introduces you introduces to you the next puzzle um and the kind the kind of the the organization of the whole thing is like near perfect of like i i i find a puzzle and i stare at it for like 10 minutes i'm like i don't know what to do and i I go away and i come back and i'm able to do it do it immediately or i go away and i find like something that teaches me something about that puzzle and the whole game is just about like looking at things and looking at things in different ways until you're able to put things together um and like beating that game uh or no i didn't i didn't beat it. i got to the final area and just didn't beat it because it defeated me um but like getting through that game without looking at a guide is probably like one of my biggest gaming achievements i feel like uh and that game just tests you 
um, and causes you to like kind of look deeper uh, at what's on the surface, kind of look deeper into, into yourself in a way and, and, and kind of like figure things out uh, that are not like explicitly like laid out there for you. Um, and so I, I guess that's why I like the witness. Um, and also it's very, it's, it does creative things with this puzzle, like very creative things with this puzzles, uh, which I appreciate. Uh, that was the first game I played. Broforce, I played. Uh, I stopped playing that game after after a while because I had a glitch where, like, at the start of each level, my character would freeze for, like, half a second, and I just couldn't do it anymore. But it's a, it's a really good game. Um, and I pro- it'd probably be, like, higher up in my, like... It'd probably be on my game of the year list, maybe, if it didn't have that glitch for me. Blessing, uh, by the way. Ration- what, I, what I mentioned uh-huh. before was we go through... We go through all of our lists and then we cherry pick out. We don't go through our lists and talk about them as we're going through them. You know what I mean? Uh, okay. Well, okay. So you do want me to just read the rest of the yeah? Just read the uh, rest of it. All right. Uh, <clears throat> Ratchet and Clank, Severed, Mirror's Edge, Catalyst, Overwatch, Street Fighter Five, Fury, Pokemon Go, Day Sex, Mankind Divided, Inside, Forza Horizon Three, Downwell, Overcooked, Dishonored Two, My Name Is Mayo, Let It Die, and The Last Guardian. So all the games I played. Okay. And then for me, I have on the PS4, Street Fighter V, The Witness, Dark Souls 3, No Man's Sky, Persona 5, Doom, Overwatch, Watch Dogs 2, Deus Ex, Mankind Divided, World of Final Fantasy, Titanfall 2, Let It Die. And on, I wrote on the here on the, the GBA, not on the GBA, the Nintendo <laughs> DS, I've played Yo-Kai Watch, Monster Hunter Cross, and Pokemon Sun Moon. Nice. So of all of those have, games, what games do you Did I say Forza Horizon 3? I think you did. Yeah, I did. Uh, you played Doom? I did. I did not know that. Did you beat it? No. Uh, how far? Did you play a lot of it? I played a decent chunk of it. I played a couple, more than a couple hours of it. Um, how did you enjoy it? It's one of, again, it's kind of the same situation. Kind of the same situation that I just talked about with the witness where I realized its value, but I realized it wasn't for me. Mm. Like it was totally brutal, totally awesome. It was a great game for, for other people that are into that sort of stuff. Uh, but not, not for me overall. I think I had the same reaction. Like I, I played the the demo and I was like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> like it was, I, I think I understood it and like, I get it. Um, but yeah, it's also something that's just not for me, uh, and I I think that's just me like not being too turned on by violence. I I have no problem with violence, but that's not like the thing that I search for. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, you yeah, know, I, I just watch? it just wasn't for me. How was what? Uh, Yokai Watch. Yokai Watch again as a Pokemon fan, I was looking for something different in the meantime while Pokemon Sun was coming out. And Yokai Watch was interesting for sure. Uh, its battle system is very different than Pokemon, and the characters in the game are like super weird and out there, more so than Pokemon, I think. So, mm. and and Yokai, okay, so Yokai in Japanese lore and mythology are these are ghosts, but they're also like mythical creatures, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So, they. I guess we'll just call them spirits, right? So these spirits can negatively affect people around you. So the story in the game is you helping different people that are being affected by yokai. 
negatively like they're the either they're angry or they're sad or they're hungry always or whatever and these spirits can affect people around them uh and the battle system is on the bottom half of the 3ds you rotate a circle and this circle like you can switch out your yokai and what damage they're doing actively by rotating this circle and initially i thought it was pretty gimmicky but overall it was an interesting battle system i just didn't enjoy the the designs of the creatures which kind of interesting yeah and also the pacing of the story was kind of strange for me um but yeah overall it was an interesting game but i'm still more of a pokemon boy myself interesting um by the way next week just for people listening uh we're doing our game of the year podcast hey mate are we is that right let me look my schedule real quick i think that's right uh yeah that's right next week we're doing our game of the year podcast uh which means that you'll hear us kind of like i don't know if we'll argue or debate we might argue and debate i don't know uh but we'll talk about like what we think game of the year and like a bunch of other categories uh should be the winners of these categories should be uh for okay beast and i can even look at the categories um and run them by you uh game of the year of course and we're gonna list our top five um okay beast top five game of the years um or games of the year in order uh non-2016 released game of the year which i'm sure that'll probably be like a very short conversation um uh best mission in a game because why not most overrated game of the year biggest surprise coolest cool thing to happen most anticipated game then um ian's pick blessings pick uh and yeah i think that'll be it Uh, unless you have any more suggestions uh but yeah for each of those we'll do like for like best mission and best biggest surprise and most over game like those other categories that aren't game of the year um we'll do like one winner and two runner-ups um and so like we might have some arguments but i don't i don't know how much i'm pretty sure like we played a lot of the same games we play a lot of different games too which is cool uh but like i'm sure like i'm spoiler alert like most or best non 2016 game it's probably gonna be persona 4 like that's mm-hmm. probably gonna be our non our non 2016 game of the year uh because we both like kind of like went went down a well in that game yeah we did uh, and, and played and played that for a hot minute um but yeah i mean apart from that we'll talk we'll, we'll talk next week on the podcast um for you guys and you guys can hear those arguments um but back to what we've been playing uh this year or the year in review i guess uh actually question for you how do you feel like this this year was in comparison to other years like you feel like this is like a good year for games yeah Hmm. like yeah not in terms of like anything else because everything else kind of sucked this year but Hmm. in terms of games i don't it's i mean i haven't been thinking specifically on each year's i haven't really given it much reflection but Mm-hmm. So just from my games itself, of the games I've played, got a fighting game, a puzzle game, I guess an adventure game, uh, an exploratory game, an RPG, a shooting game, a shooting game, uh, open world game, a RPG, an RPG, a shooting game, and a f- roguelike. So I think, was it a good year for games? I mean, Pokemon Sun and Moon came out. I'm playing a bunch of different types of games, so I think that's good. Mm-hmm. And I bought a bunch of games, so that's good, right? Like, what what qualifies a good year for games? I think 
what I think is the quality of like great great to amazing games that came out that this year. So like <clears throat> when people think of like the best game best year in games, they think um 1998 and I'm going to look this up real quick because I need to remember what came out. Um yeah, I want to make sure I got the right year too. Uh because I think that's when like Ocarina of Time came out and like some like other amazing games. I want to make sure though. Um but like compar- comparatively like uh I, in my mind when I think of a great year for games, I think 2013, I think that's when Last of Us and Grand Theft Auto 5 and BioShock Infinite came out. And that might just be a me thing. Like those are three games that I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. Uh and so like of course that's like a, a great year in my mind because like those are three of my favorite games. Uh and I guess I can't think too far back behind but um before that because like a lot of the games I played growing up are games that didn't release the year I played them because I'd always buy the cheaper games. Uh and so like yeah. I mean when I think about this year as far as was it was it a good year for gaming or not? I think I think it was because we got like a bunch of like we got like a lot of great great to amazing games. Like we got Overwatch which kind of like blew the world up. We got uh, Uncharted 4, which is a great game. Uh, Titanfall 2, Call of Duty, Battlefield, of course. Uh, uh, Deus Ex, The Witness, Inside. Uh, and I guess I, I... And last year, and maybe the year before, probably not the year before, because I was like... I don't know if 2014 had that many amazing games. But like, I, I guess I could probably list out like a similar... Uh, list of like quality games that came out last year and games that are probably going to come out next year um, that will also be incredible. Uh, last last year like had Fallout Four, Metal Gear Solid Five, The Witcher. Dang, last year was stacked. Um, hmm. But yeah, I think comparatively, like if I compare this year to last year, right? Like I'd say like last year had probably had better games, but it had fewer of them. Like fewer like amazing like like explosive games this year had had a lot of like great games which also probably resulted in like a lot of these games not selling as well as they should have um but yeah i i, I don't know uh dishonored 2 came out this year last guardian I, I, yeah there are like a lot of really really awesome games last guardian uh final fantasy 15 um so yeah like if that if somebody 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 was to ask me like if i thought this year was like an amazing year i'd definitely say like yeah um but hmm. also, I'm like you, in which I don't know. I don't really have like a good kind of like reference point to what makes this year amazing, as opposed to like 2015 or 2014 or 2013, um, if that makes sense. And so, uh, do you have any other games that you want to talk about mm, from this year? Yeah, mm, Persona Five is going to be amazing. No Man's Sky, we've talked about it enough. Dark Souls 3 was good. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I feel we've talked a lot about these games. And Pokemon Sun and Moon I talked about for, like, way too long. I mean, I've talked too long about Banjo-Kazooie this year, and that didn't even come out this year. (laughs) Uh, Half-Life came out in 1998. So did Ocarina of Time, Grim Fandango, Banjo-Kazooie, and then, like, a bunch of cool PC games, I guess. But yeah, people reference that as being oh, Metal Gear Solid also, um, but people reference that as a pretty good year, which is interesting. I need to look into that. That looks actually that's actually like a good study to do. Is like what are the 
best years in games. Uh, I don't know if there's any games I want to talk about. Ratchet and Clank came out this year, which was amazing. Um, and I have a review on the site if people want to check that out. But yeah, Ratchet and Clank was like very, it 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 satiated like a hunger or a thirst I had that I didn't realize I had, but I had. Uh, in terms of like the platformer slash shooter genre, uh, it like filled it like scratched both those itches, which was nice. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else I really want to talk about. The the biggest and mo- my mo- my favorite games that I played this year are games that didn't come out this year, which were Persona Four, Life is Strange, Banjo Kazooie, uh, and yeah, I think that's about it. I have them written down somewhere, but I can't find them. My phone. Hmm. That's who me knows. But yeah, does that does that about wrap up the topic? I think so. What was the game? Tales when you think back to this year, when you think back to this year, what game is going to stick in your mind the most? Because I feel like when I think of 2016, the only game that comes to mind really is No Man's Sky and all of the the drama that surrounded it. Pretty really? much, this year was like the year of drama. Huh. Interesting. I I don't know. I think when I think back, like in the future, when I think back to 2016, I'm gonna think about Overwatch, like over everything. Yeah, I think Overwatch is the shining we'll talk- light throughout all the bullshit yeah. that happened this year, isn't it? Yeah, and we'll talk about this more on next week's po- podcast. But like, Overwatch is like probably like the uh, it probably resulted that game probably resulted in like a lot of like the friendships I, I had I have now forming. In like, I mean, I would hate it, you 100 percent if we didn't play Overwatch together. Oh yeah, probably. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably be like, "Man, who's this Ian cat? Super white." Um, cat. You have no idea how white I am. <laughs> you have no idea. Oh, I, 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 I have the exact idea of how white white you are. Oh um, Christ! But yeah, no, like, but like, yeah, like, like Overwatch. Yeah, go on. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, go. Ahead. Yeah, go on. No, you. you, you yeah, no, 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 no. Go on. <laughs> I hate my life. Anyway, I hate my life so much. <laughs> so yeah, no. Like the more I'm looking through all these games, the more I just see. Like drama related with almost every title, Street Fighter Five drama, The Witness drama, Dark oh, Souls yeah. Three not really that much drama, No Man's Sky drama, Persona Five delays and drama, Doom not that much, Overwatch perfect, Watch Dogs Two, um, sales dip, hmm. not as much drama but more just I know drama because of a black protagonist, uh, Deus Ex Mankind. What drama did uh did The Witness have? People were saying it was underrated. The whole the whole like two parties saying was it was it? not good other people saying it was amazing people saying it was overrated that's the drama but like not a large amount but a small amount cool huh uh days I mean, I mean i wish i could deus ex mankind divided was there any drama about that oh no the pre-order bullshit with deus ex mankind divided. Oh, that dude, was the drama don't get me started yeah. on that world don't of final world of final fantasy not really nonsense. that much drama but there was a lot of talks about how the game was underdeveloped and about how it was pretty much just a game to appease Final Fantasy fans while they were waiting for FF15. Mm-hmm. Titanfall 2, the whole drama with it, and Battlefield 1, and Call mm-hmm. of Duty, and, and then Let It Die, no I mean, drama, last, really. Last year, I I think last year was probably a similar thing, but it was all it was all about Kojima and Konami. Yeah. And, the, and that drama. But the thing is, that's, that's uh, isolated to one incident. Like, when I think of 2016, I, so, yeah. I, I think specifically, like, almost every game I touched had something either underdeveloped about it or there's some drama like rotating around it orbiting it you know mm-hmm. yeah if i was to think about like if, i mean non-gaming wise if i was to think about 2016 and like the big things about 2016 i would think probably hardware uh being like the ps pro being announced and released oh, the yeah. PS slim being announced and released psvr xbox scorpio being announced 
Nintendo Switch being announced, like all like the big things are like on the horizon and being like re- revealed. Um, I think that's a huge thing. So would you call uh, 2016 a teenage year? Something else. Wait, what? Well, if you think about it, when you're a teenager, there's tons of drama. You're developing, and there's amazing things uh, on the horizon. So would you would you say that 2016 is like as if the gaming industry is 16 years old? We're going through puberty. I was gonna say like exactly like 16, yeah. Um, gaming industry is learning to drive. I don't know. I think I. I mean, I. When you say 16, I agree, but in a different sense. In the sense that like I think there's transition going on, uh, and I think a huge part of it is like the hardware stuff and being more ambiguous with like what is a new console. And how do we make these? What are these? What do these incremental upgrades look like? And also the transition to VR, uh, and so like as a transition year, I, I can see. And also like I guess yeah, with it with the drama stuff. And here's the thing: is I I, I want to know how next year goes, and I want to live next year and see how that goes because I feel like it might be a. I want to live next year. Like this year. is just how it is now. That's your that's your. I want to I want to live next year. Year uh, hopes, man, wow, oh, man, this has been a year. Man, screw 2016. Let me tell you that. Uh, but also, also shout out to 2016 though. 2016 gets a lot of hate, which it rightfully deserves. But also, some good stuff happened to me in 2016, and so like shout out to 2016 because of that. It wasn't all bad. That'll be my ta- that'll be like my uh, tagline for 2016. It wasn't all bad because it wasn't. Overwatch came out this year. Yes. And so did No Man's Sky. Man. <laughs> Long yeah. sigh for 2016, about, uh, huh? <laughs> Long side for 2016. Size out for 2016. Um, let's go to <laughs> questions. <laughs> By the way, did you watch the, you watch the Game Awards, right? No. Or no? No. The freaking uh, dude from Blizzard, I think Overwatch won Game of the Year. Or won something. I don't know if it was the Game of the Year. It might, no, I did. It won Game of the, of the year. year. I know that. But Purely just from Twitter. Yeah. Well, it did It, it did win, win Game of the Year, but I don't know if it won something else, too. But basically, like one of the expe- acceptance speeches, dude went up on stage it straight up said said keep him out for Harambe in his expe- acceptance speech. God, and I was like, "Are you serious, my dude?" Bless. Like, what was happening right now? Um, that was Blizzard. That was crazy. Um, we have viewer questions. I guess we should get to these questions and wrap up. First question comes from Paul Warren, who emailed in. Uh, just like you can't, uh, only Paul Warren is allowed to email in. But if you want to ask a question, um, not on Twitter, feel free to hit up okbeast.com and comment your question on this podcast article um but yeah paul warren emails in his question because he's my homie and he's allowed to and his question is what's your most memorable experience customizing a character for a game i like this question i really like this question my answer off the bat is wwe smackdown versus raw uh i i customize like wrestlers that weren't in the game and there's like this whole online community where like they have formulas that you can like print out, and this is like 2007, right? And so like the the internet isn't what it is now. Um, I would like go to my computer downstairs, look up these formulas for the, like these different wrestlers, and this is like this wasn't only like looks and clothing and stuff. It was like move sets, entrances, like all the works, right? I would go, I would I would print out the stuff, and like WWE, like their customization stuff is super in depth. Of like you can like tweak like the sliders and all this stuff and so i'll make like these like very like close to looking um wrestlers that were like jeff hardy wasn't in the game um because i guess he was he was he wasn't wrestling until six and so like i created jeff hardy 
I created like uh, Tajiri because I can't remember if he was in the game or not. I created like a bunch <laughs> of random wrestlers that weren't like in that roster because they didn't wrestle in the year prior. Uh, mm-hmm. And I spent so much time with that. Shout out to WWE SmackDown versus Raw 2007 because, man, mm-hmm. that game took up a lot of my my high school career. Um, yeah, and so yeah, that's my answer. My answer is the most recent Pokemon game for customization because it's most fresh in my mind. And there's tons of different customization options, hats, socks, etc. cetera. Uh, and for a Pokemon game, it's the best customization that I've received or that I've seen. But then for past games, customizing my character, hmm, I'm going to have to go with Skyrim. That's a good one. Yeah. When I got my PC, I downloaded like, one trillion mods and i was like down i was like crazy amounts of detail with skyrim on my computer so yeah did i ever tell you the story of the accidental nude scene that i had in skyrim <laughs> i totally no, that did sounds hilarious though. no i didn't okay so i downloaded a bunch of mods and like this. a lot of these mods for skyrim come in like packages so if you if you look at a mod on the old website i forget the name of it I think it might be Skyrim, like nexusmods.com or something. So say, for example, you download like uh, a mod that adds a new race to your thing. It might also install in that packet like a nude mod, for example. So if you remove all your clothes, you're not in your underwear, you're naked. So I was like, okay, I'm, and this is actually probably within the same like breath that I'm doing my customization for my Skyrim character. I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this wood elf. I'm going to make it. I'm sorry. I downloaded a new race called the moon elves and they had like specific things that were super powerful, but only when the moon was out. So during the like mm-hmm. nighttime, they were almost like a vampire esque situation. Um, so I was doing my whole journey. I'm like going up this mountaintop and I was like, crap, I don't have enough space in my backpack. Let me take off these, uh, this armor and then I'll put on new armor. And I downloaded a new UI, so it always had my character on the left side whenever I was adjusting my armors. So I take off the thing, and then I'm just completely nude, but it's, like, modeled breasts and, like, a whole female body. Oh, my God. And I'm sitting here like, <laughs> what? I'm like, I didn't download that Titty Mod. Amazing. I didn't download Titty.exe. <laughs> I didn't download this booby sure mod. Didn't. And I'm sitting there, like, mouth agape. Like, like what What happened? And I'm like, I think I'm in college at the time, I think. And I like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I yelled to my roommate. I'm like, I'm like, yo, dude, dude, I downloaded the titty mods. Come here, check it out. Like, <laughs> like it was like one of the most hilarious like moments in my college career. Accidental. I don't think I've ever mod. had any, anything. That sounds hilarious. I, I haven't had anything like that happen. Because the thing uh, is, I even specifically said to myself, I was like, I'm not. I'm not going to download any of the weird gross mods. I'm not going to download like the weird <laughs> penis mods. And then like it happened. Like can't escape it. I don't think we ever talked on this podcast about like the watchdogs. Like they had like some the vagina like, thing. Nude. Yeah. Like they, mod- they, they modeled it with, on, on a girl character or like on an NPC. Yeah. Like and, someone like, took time out of their yeah. day. Like yeah. and, uh, to model a vajay. Yeah. On like just a random like NPC character, which is which is hilarious. Uh, somebody found it and posted on Twitter. And yeah, like nudity in games is is interesting because it's 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 never done correctly. And there is a correct way to do it. I ha- I have not seen it done correctly though. I guess 
Grand Theft Auto Five kind of did it correctly. I think mm-hmm. they had like they had some news, they, but it was more in a comedic way of like, oh, here is like here here is a fully rendered penis on Trevor, uh, and yeah, I don't know. I think that's my whole, whole thing that's is my whole thing is is that someone took time out of their day to do that. Like either they were asked or they did it on their like. Because the thing is, no yeah. one, no one, like at the top level of Ubisoft, was like, "Hey, can you just model this vagina real quick?" Someone must have been on their break and was like, eh, "I'm bored, fuck it." And then yeah. this was like, "I'm going to like, hit the delete button," but they accidentally like, they're like, "I'm just gonna, I'm really bored and I'm the only one in the office today because it's a holiday. I'm just gonna do me real quick, and see, I'm just gonna delete." See, after that's I'm done. the thing. It, it was the only Jewish guy <laughs> working at Ubisoft. <laughs> and he's like, you know, everyone's there at Christmas. Uh, I got nothing to do. I'll just model this vagina, I guess, right? Yeah. So I'm just gonna. I'm gonna see how, how how detailed I can get with this. And he just left, and he forgot to hit the delete button, and it just got rolled right into the game. Boom. I don't know. I also heard like the theory that like a lot of like NPC characters are um, stock. Like you can like go to like a, a vendor and then buy stock characters. And then I guess some of them may have nudity for some reason. Um, and maybe one of those just got rolled in on accident or something. I don't know. I'm that not seems like a very so tall really... marketing way of saying whoops. Yeah, exactly. Uh, NATO Johnson at NATO, NATO J18 on Twitter says or asks, in relation to Ian's Yu-Gi-Oh! Cafe, which gaming related cafes would you like to see? Mine's D&D or Halo. So, did you know about this gaming cafe thing that I was talking about? That's. This sounds really familiar. You might have talked to me about it, but I might have just like not, was not paying attention or something. Of course, whenever I talk, you never pay attention. Why do you hate me? Exactly. Actually, I think. Okay. I, no, I, actually, no. You talked to me about Persona Four Cafe. That's why. Or Five yes. Cafe. So, pretty much, pretty much in Japan, they have cafes dedicated to animes to manga to video games to whatever is really popular they it's it's common in japan to have cafes like based around it and Mm -hmm. the post that nato's talking about is there's a Yu-Gi-Oh cafe going on right now uh like two or three stops away from me on the subway and i sent that to zyger and nato was like yo i need that so what cafe would i want Hmm. it's a hard question it's a good but hard question. Pokemon, obviously. Pokemon Cafe. Oh, that's a good one. Because there's already a Pokemon Center. Uh, and the thing is, I live in Japan, so like, so like a lot of these cafes already exist for me. But gaming cafe. A gaming cafe. Hmm. Yeah, Pokemon probably. I have no idea, honestly. I can't think. I, Dishonored, maybe? I just, Ooh, maybe an, just an old the, school, the like, steampunky. That'd yeah. be cool. And you have to kill your waiter to get is, your meal. The thing is, I went. I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast, and if I didn't, I don't know why. Pax West, I went to this like Bethesda party, um, because I could, I guess. And it was like this whole role play thing of like you go and they rented out this whole like shipyard and like this this whole area, and they had like people dressed as characters from Dishonored, uh, like NPC characters, like not like characters that don't matter. And they did did this whole like mystery thing of like you had to go talk to these characters and try to figure out like you kind of while talking to these characters you learn that there's a mystery going on and okay. you're like huh interesting and you, they kind of give you like these like obscure clues and you're like oh huh that sounds like he's trying to allure to something 
you go to this uh boat, right? Mm-hmm. And I was chilling. I was chilling this boat, and it was me, um, uh, my friend Frankie, uh, who goes by Big Bad Beluga on Twitter, um, and his brother, and I think one other person, and we were chilling on the boat, uh, and they're playing cards, and I'm like, and a guy, a guy won uh, cards, and then the dude who who um, like the dealer, like the dishonored guy dealer, was like, hey, come here, let me, I want to tell you something, and then whispers it to his ear, and then we're, and then us three look at each other, and we're like, we have to win a game of cards. And so, like, us, like, all three of us play, and uh, eventually, like, I win, right? And he tells me the secret, and then it leads to this next thing. And then, basically, like, it's this whole scavenger hunt thing that was really dope. And so, I guess I've already kind of had that experience. I wasn't a cafe, but it was still, like, this, like, reality gaming thing. Um, but that was, that, was, that was a really cool thing, which I don't know why I didn't talk about that on a podcast if I didn't. Um... But as far as cafe, yeah, I don't know. I think Dishonored maybe because because the steampunk. Mm. Mm. I yeah, I would say else. either Pokemon or like if if we're talking like un oh, are we talking unlimited budget? Because if it's if it's an unlimited budget, then I would say Death Stranding or like a Hideo Kojima <laughs> Metal Gear Solid Five game where once you're done with your meal, they fulton you out of the restaurant. Oh, that'd be hilarious! I'd be down with that. Would I be down with that? Yeah, I'd be down with that. You'd totally die by getting Fultons. Uh, yeah. You would, you'd, yeah. Your exactly. spine would be well, It'd be destroyed. like a parachute. That is true, actually. That's actually very true. Uh, maybe... Uh, actually, I'd probably also be Yu-Gi-Oh, to be honest, because I, I really like Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, yeah, I can't Yu-Gi-Oh's think of any, anything jam, else. Dude. Titanfall. I'll, I'll do a Titanfall cafe. Ooh, Titanfall would be cool. Where you, get in your ca- you get in your Titan, and then you have lunch with someone. Yeah, I was gonna say like every chair, every seat. Instead of seats, they have titans. Yeah, that'd be sick. that'd be that'd be pretty sick. Uh, Chase Williams at Bodacious Chase on Twitter asks, "Going into 2017, what are y'all's plan of attack for which games you purchase and play?" It's a very good question because I spent a lot of money on games this year, and I don't want to do that again. Hmm. And it's also difficult because I want to be able to talk about games and write about them. Yeah, my plan of attack pretty much is just whatever whatever i see that i get really hyped about because as whatever i see and get hyped about that's what i want to get because as i'm getting older i've i'm learning that hype is in scarce amount like when you're a kid you're hyped about everything Mm -hmm. you're like peanut butter and jelly yeah we need it like you freak out about (laughs) everything like but now as I'm getting older. I'm learning that I'm getting less excited about things. And if something can grab my mm-hmm. attention and hype me up as a video game, then I put my money into it. Hmm. Interesting. I think for me, I'm definitely getting the switch. Uh, and I won't say definitely I'm 95% getting the switch. Uh, and that's like the only sure thing I think next year that I'm for sure getting like before this year, I knew I was getting mirror's edge catalyst. I knew I was getting Deus X mankind divided. Uh, and I think there's a couple of other games where I was like, yeah, I'm probably going to, I'm probably definitely going to get those going into this next year. I don't think there's any game coming out where I'm like, I have to get that game. I think the only thing is the switch, which I guess costs will probably cost as much as like six games or whatever. Um, so apart from that, I don't really have a plan of attack. My plan is not buy as as much stuff as possible, Hmm. uh, because it's not that serious. Oh, persona five. I might get also forgot about that. Yes. Um, but as much as I can, oh, and South Park stick a truth or yeah, uh, fractured but whole. Like stars, there is stuff I'm, uh, that's coming out next year that I really want to get. But I'm 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 going to try not to get as many of these things as possible, or try to get the best deals on them, uh, because like yeah, it doesn't. It 
doesn't matter when I play these games necessarily. Like I could play South Park. It's I think South Park's coming out in February or something. I can play that game in December and it won't matter. Um, and it'll be cheaper. Uh, and so like I guess I want to wait more. And if I do get a game at full price, I want it to be a game where it matters, right? Like I'm I'm glad I got Overwatch at full price because if I if I waited five months to get Overwatch, my experience of the game would be completely different. Because I wasn't, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have had had as many different people. Um, I know play with me because like game game is already kind of faded at that point. Mm-hmm. Like pe- my friends still play Overwatch and stuff, of course, because Alex is texting us right now, uh, wanting to play. But at the same time, uh, like the guys from Irrational Passions, like they probably wouldn't have had much time to play Overwatch. Um, if I got it right now, or like a bunch of random people, uh, that I met throughout the year, uh, Sean Pitts or like random people who I've met playing Overwatch, I probably wouldn't have had that same experience if I went in. So, like, if there's a multiplayer game, uh, like a breakout game that comes out next year, um, I might get it off the bat just so I can have that specific experience. Hmm. Aside from that, though, my my goal is to spend less. Um, and so I might play more indie stuff because of that. Yeah. And we'll see. Yeah. Uh, was that our Long last question? Side. I think that was our yeah. last question. Yeah. Yeah. This is... I, I there's something there's something up with my voice because lately I've been like losing my voice halfway through the podcast and I think it's because I've been spending way too much time screaming on the what I what have I been playing section okay I, I get hype off the bat and I'm like oh man I'm playing this I'm playing this and by the end of it I'm like I'm like I've been playing this and I need to I need, I need to st- I'm gonna try and stick to just like two or three t- three things from now on I think I'm I'm gonna stop putting more than than three things on there for myself just so I can be brief, be more brief mm. and be able to talk more um, or talk better. I should say not more. Cause I'm trying to talk less at this point, <laughs> man. Does all that sound good again? Are we done? Are Try we done? Are we ever up. done? We're never done. The work is never done. I should probably tell you this off podcast. I'm going to tell you it now because I, whatever, I don't care at this point. I'm, I, I'm thinking about making a trailer for okay. Beast in 2017. Do it. And I think, I, th- I think it's going to be dope. What I have in my mind, I'm not. I'm not gonna spill it. But what I, mean, I have, you already spoiled the beginning half. Gosh. Wait, what was? It? What did I spoil in the beginning half? Was you it? spoiled the existence. What did I of say? It. I, I that's true. I did spoil the existence of it. Um. Shout out to to Shikiru Miyamoto. I don't think he gets enough thanks. Yo, the I want to give him a shout out. The homie with the thumbs down, <laughs> thumbs up thing on on Jimmy Fallon. Oh, dude, that was that, hilarious. That, that, he gave birth to probably one of my favorite gifts now. GIFs, whatever they're called. It's GIF. Do you think that he did that and immediately was like, yo, I am a GIF now? I probably. I don't I have no idea. I think he was just being Japanese. Like, when he did that, I was like, that's hilarious. Then I saw it as a GIF form, and I was like, that is perfect. That is exactly. I need to save that on every device I own because I'm going to start using it everywhere from now on. Hmm. Like, somebody, somebody, somebody posted that GIF, and they're like, um when when some when somebody asks you like how are you and like and you almost tell them the truth but then go back to being like your facade self and then it just like shows the gift <laughs> like me and motor doing the thumbs down and just switching it to the thumbs up like that gift is perfect it is perfect it truly um, is but with that being said um ian where can people find you on twitter you can find me at at ian why not i-a-n-w-h-y-n-o-t you can find me in real life in japan good luck hey. finding me it's a large country Hey. Hey. and you can you can find me 
um, at Blessing Junior on Twitter. That is at Blessing Jr. And you can always find both of us on OKBeast.com um, and on the OKBeast OK YouTube. Yeah, when are you gonna when are you gonna upload something to the YouTube channel? I don't know. When I have enough time. Having a girlfriend has completely messed up my ability to to discern how much time I have in my life. Because I'll be like, yes, this weekend I'm doing stuff. I'm ready to go. I'm going to do tons of stuff. I'm going to write articles. I'm going to draw stuff. And then she's like, baby, it's my birthday this weekend. I'm like, oh, it is. Yeah. And then I have to do a bunch. Of, no, I don't have to. I willingly participate in tons of cool, awesome birthday stuff. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm the same way. That's why, that's why I don't talk to women. So I don't accidentally get in a relationship and then abandon OK Beast. Yeah. Uh, that happens. Yeah. Long sigh. Yeah. 2016. Long sigh. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for listening, people. I guess I should do the description. I don't feel like doing it. Uh, Ian, you want to play Overwatch after this with Alex? I just got to see what my girlfriend's doing. If she's not, if she's still asleep, then maybe. Oh, she's still asleep. Okay, cool. Oh, no, she's awake. Hi. Okay. I'll, I'll talk to you on you just, PSN. Just, just ruin the whole game. Okay. Uh, the OKBeast podcast is a gaming and nerd culture centric. The OKBeast podcast is a gaming and nerd culture centric show where a couple of friends come together and talk about what's going on in our world. We are the official podcast of OKBeast.com. If you like the show, remember to subscribe to us on your streaming service of choice. Visit OKBeast.com and follow at OKBeast now on Twitter. I've been blessing. That has been Ian. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next episode on our Game of the Year podcast. Bye bye.